guys, welcome back to another episode of the Arsenio Buck Show, and today we're into like one of the last probably four or five episodes of the Stephen Covey Speed of Trust. Again, at the conclusion of this specific book, I will be doing a webinar. And with that webinar, it's gonna be very e- it's gonna be very good, very easy, and again, it's gonna be paid, obviously, but you know what? You're going to be able to go through this book in one hour with me. And so we're going to go through every little bit, like it, just every it's and bits, whatever you want to call it. I'm talking about the questionnaire that you had to do, the 13 behaviors. We're going to go over everything in thorough detail so you can hurry up and take action with this book all in general. Instead of listening to 85 plus episodes, you could go on to this webinar and you could get everything in one go. So I'm really excited about this webinar. And until then... What I'm going to talk about today is extending smart trust. So what is smart trust? Well, you have to think of it this way. Have you ever failed to trust someone and missed significant opportunities? It could be either personally or professionally as a result. And how did that make you feel? Like, have you ever had someone come up to you and say, hey, you know what? Uh, I really want to do something with you and this and that, and you just didn't trust them enough. And then you were like, yeah, no, thanks. And then you ended up missing like a massive opportunity. I mean, it could be like with Gary Vee missing the Uber or the grab taxi. I think the Uber opportunity, and he missed out on about $400 million. And it's because he didn't dot, 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 dot. Doesn't matter, but have you missed that opportunity? And how does it make you feel now? When you get right down to it, people, see all those practical issues with regard to extending trust are these. How do you know when to trust somebody? And how can you extend trust to people in ways that create rich, high-trust dividends without taking an inordinate risk? So when you're dealing with trust, it seems like there's just two extremes, right? So on the one end of the spectrum, people don't trust enough. They're suspicious. They hold things close to their chest, just like me. Often the only people they really trust are themselves. It's kind of like me. And that's exactly what I've been through. Because when it's all said and done, I must trust myself enough that, okay, just as I was telling you guys in yesterday's podcast, my content writer left. Okay, I let her go. So I can no longer extend anything over her way, although those things probably never would have, you know, they never really got done, you know, got done anyways. But that's not the point. The point is, is I have to basically rely on myself again. And I'm very, very happy with that because I trust myself more than enough to get things done when they need to get done. However, some people are just too trusting. I had a friend by the name of um, Lucana. I saw her at the airport when I was going to, I forgot what country it was. It had to be Laos or somewhere. But when I actually uh, went to the other country, I saw her at the airport. And you know what? She was just telling me stories that she would lend upwards between ten and 20000 U.S. dollars to people. Did she get any of that back? Nope. See, that's what happens when you're just too trusting. That means they're just totally gullible. They believe anyone. They trust anyone. They have a simplistic, naive view of the world. And they don't even really think, except superficially, about the need to protect their interest. And this is what happens. Like I wouldn't say all of them. And of course, I'm not blaming women, but... 
when you meet folks on Tinder for the first time and, you know, especially out there in America because it just seems like it's always – they're always – and Tinder is always in the news. And it's funny because people like to blame Tinder for whatever reason. But it's like, hey, no, it was you. You decided to meet him in a black alley on a goddamn Friday night when there aren't any people and then you ended up dead. You ended up doing this. You ended up doing that. Again, accountability but at the same time a very unfortunate set of events. But nonetheless, extended trust, it can bring those great dividends. It can also, it, it, it creates the possibility of significant risk too. So how do you hit that sweet spot? How do you extend trust, that smart trust, in a way that maximizes the dividends and minimizes the risk? So that's what we need to understand here. So let, let me go over a very, very interesting story that Stephen Covey had said in his book. So he said <sighs> he was aware of a situation in one company in which there had been like apparently, I don't know, some high trust relationship between like the chairman and the president. And he said one day the chairman learned that the president had, in effect, organized a mini coup in the organization. Sounds like Thailand. He had railed a number of the company leaders in an effort to take the company in a different direction than what the chairman, who was also the founder, and the board had desired. So as a result, the trust was completely destroyed. This was super painful okay, to this chairman because he felt that he had been betrayed, such as with the betrayal that I've gone over um, with the, you know, uh, let's say, who was that? Um, uh, the lady I, I was telling you guys about recently. So... However, because of the friendship these two men had developed in prior years, they made efforts to restore that trust in their personal relationship. There were months of discussions, sincere apologies, even tears. And you know what? What ended up happening in the end, there was forgiveness. And those men, they ended up reaching to, you know, reaching a point where they were able to feel good enough about the relationship once again. And then one day, the former president, he, you know what? He approached the chairman with another business proposition. Before any serious discussion actually took place, the chairman said thoughtfully, he said, I appreciate your interest. I would work with you on a personal or family endeavor, right? I would serve with you on a civic committee. I would be a chairman if you were a committee member. I would be a committee member if you were the chairman. However, I choose not to go into business with you. So in the end, that chairman, he ended up using smart trust. He wasn't reactive. He didn't continue to harbor those ill feelings that happened before. He forgave and did all he could do to restore what trust it was possible to restore with the former business associate and his friend. So what ended up happening was, hey, he didn't ignore those lessons of the, you know, the experience. And at that point at which he felt he could not fully trust him, he drew the line and said, you know what? This, 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 but you know what? I choose not to go into business with you because we ended up developing this relationship again. So I'm going to give you an example of trust. My best friend, Andre, who I brought onto my podcast, my ESL podcast. It's amazing because me and him, we, we just spoke about so many different things. And, you know, one of my very, my childhood friends who came from Honolulu, Hawaii to, um, what is it, to Las Vegas. His brother, his older brother, June. I never really had a legitimate conversation with him, except one night we had a camping trip in his backyard, and we had a conversation about a video game, and it was amazing because we ended up talking about so many different things. Well, he just added me on Facebook, and he's like, hey, I heard that specific 
conversation between you and Andre. And I heard what happened in 2008. What happened in 2008? There was a girl that got between us. And that girl that got between us, a lot of people would say it was Satomi Nakagawa who showed me an entire new life. And this is why I am here in Thailand to this day. But I would beg to differ. I believe that it was a girl that I was dating at the time by the name of Christine, my very first girlfriend. She got in between me and Andre, and she turned Andre against me in a blink of an eye, including Mark, who's the, of course, younger brother of the guy June. And so June, of course, like the month, J-U-N-E. So here I am on this practice field, this football field. And I'm sending messages, there's a lot of curse words, I remember the guy, and I was working at the time, but of course I was only making a minimal amount of money. And this is at the College of Southern Nevada, the head director was there, Vitaliano, who was like a two-faced asshole, and the guy working under him was Damon, he was a little bit cool, but he came up to me and said, hey, Vitaliano's asking me if you want to go home because you're not participating in the games and you're not flagging anything or blah, 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 blah. It's because Andre and I were having an intense conversation, and Christine tried to pin and destroy every relationship in my life at that time. And she successfully did so. And then once she did, she said, ha, I got him. Now I'm going to leave him. And she did. Now, of course, these are kids, right? That was the kiddish Arsenio that was so gullible and naive enough to get back in a relationship with someone that just rapidly deteriorated. And so I did. And at the beginning of 2009, I didn't have my best friend. I didn't have my other best friend, Rocky. She blew that one up. She blew another one up with um, a couple of twins that I knew from high school, Jessica and Jackie. Uh, She, like, literally terminated everything, and she left me because she knew this could be the closest to me killing myself because I had nothing else. She knew I wasn't close to my family. So it's just amazing how that ended up culminating in general. And so Andre and I, we broke away. We lost the apartment. We got evicted. We had a little orange tape. It says, warning, do not enter. And it was sad because when we moved into this place, we made a note to ourselves in May of 2008 that we would sustain and we will stay here. But Andre lost his head, and perhaps even I had a change of heart. But in April, and I remember, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they ended up winning the Super Bowl against the Arizona Cardinals. And I remember a month later, it was like at the end of March, I remember seeing Andre. He was across the street from me, and he was living in another place, and all this craziness was happening, but I got an email from him. He said, hey, man, just wanted to say congratulations on Pittsburgh. And I said, man, thank you so much. I said, you're just right across the street, huh? He's like, yeah. I was like, man, let's have a chat. He came to my door after eight months of that talking. Just like this. When it came to living together, it was impossible. It was an impossibility. But he came to my door. He walked in, and he had that same smile on his face. He sat down, and we picked up right where best friends would pick right up after not speaking to each other. And I said, damn, what happened? I said, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And you know what? He was there when I had my, uh, what is it, my, um, it was so funny. You know, when I had my 21st birthday and this and that. And you know what? He was at the airport when I took off, and I was never the same anymore when I went to Australia in 2009 for my first ever trip abroad when my mother was crying. He was there. And so I am grateful that we were able to look at each other like this and like that. But we knew at that specific moment, no, there's no way that we would ever live together ever again. We can't because they'll end up terminating the relationship. So, guys, this is what you need to learn, okay? In the world of business, 
when you're doing business with the best friend, things will happen. But when you're able, of course, having that bond from the previous years, you'll be able to probably resuscitate something or everything that had happened before. But don't ever remarry that situation. Meaning, who was the guy that uh, divorced a woman, remarried her, and divorced her again? Was that Tom Cruise? I forgot who it was. But you can't be a goddamn fool because that's fool's gold. So don't get yourself into those situations And so that's what I'm so grateful for because, again, when we do fall into those situations, know the line. Know the line. You got to make values for yourself and say, you know what? I can't get back into this with you because dot, 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 dot. And just let it go, man. So, guys, I'm wholeheartedly grateful for just about everything that has taken place in my life. And so in going forward. Here we go. We got to get into, of course, the smart tr- uh, smart trust matrix and a couple of other things before we top this entire book off. And so I could do a little mini series with, of course, Robert Kiyosaki's book. And then I'm going to get into the human design, potentially still debating. But this is going to be a real good one because we're going to be able to get into ourselves molecularly. So stay tuned for that. And I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, over and out.